This series of Thanks a Million is brought to you by Sweaty Betty. Now, unless you've tried a pair of Sweaty Betty leggings, I think it is hard to understand just how bloody great they are. They really do sculpt your butt in the best possible way. And they all have their own thing. So whether it's sweat wicking or ultralight or super stretchy, they're my faves right now. There's something for everyone. Plus, zero camel toe, thank me later. The powers are probably their most versatile. They're the ones that suck you in. They're also their most popular. One pair sold every 60 seconds. I love their sustainable super sculpt leggings as well. And each pair is made using 17 recycled bottles. They're a little bit more loosey-goosey. So brilliant for yoga or for, you know, lounging around watching Emily in Paris or doing bar if you're that way inclined. And each pair is made using 17 recycled bottles. And if you don't know which ones to go for, they have got a quiz. Yes, a quiz. Don't we love a quiz? Especially when it's not on Zoom, which will help you decide in less than two minutes which ones are right for you. And thanks to Sweaty Betty, listeners of this podcast can get 20% off with my code. Thanks a million. You're welcome. A little waft of Palo Santo, my personal disco ball. And a good old film. There are a million things I'm thankful for today. But what is my guest thankful for? That person I don't relate to anymore. But thank you for the experience. And actually, thank you for the light switch. Because I realised I was probably in a very destructive spiral. It definitely could have continued. I'm Angela Scanlon and welcome to Thanks A Million, where we explore our guests' personal gratitude lists to find out the things that have shaped their lives. Gratitude is your soul's superfood, but cheaper than goji berries and twice as good for you. In this series, we talk thanks with the good, the great and the grateful. This week's guest originally kept her gig working in a tanning shop when she first got her job in broadcasting because she didn't believe it would last. Skip to 10 years later, she's just left the BBC Radio 1 Extra where most recently she presented the weekday afternoon show she fondly calls Good Vibes Radio to join Heart. She's also previously hosted CBBC's Saturday Mashup, appeared on Celebrity SAS Who Dares Wins, torture, presented ITV2's The Cabins Out of the Woods, which aired back in January, and presented for the Brit Awards livestream for the past four years. During her time at One Extra, Yasmin interviewed people like Denzel Washington, Cardi B and Idris Elba. She also broadcast dressed as a unicorn. Not many people can say that. Look that up on her Instagram if you need a good laugh. On a personal level, Yasmin is a vegan. I know. And she posts regularly about skin issues like eczema and acne and recommends vegan food. She's a Scorpio, loves star signs. Also, like I could heavily, heavily lean in to all my woo-woo stuff (laughs) with Yasmin. There may have been moments of crystal perving. But before we go there, what three things are you, the listeners, thankful for? Jocking the bean sprout, getting stoned on a long walk along the canal path. Wow. Listening to Black Panthers, feeding the swans and stopping off for a coffee. It's hard work, but someone's got to do it. Delightful Tuesday. Bordeletti, Joe, my dogs, always my knee replacement, getting better, ouch, and stronger every day and breathing in and out. Jay Wilder, your podcast, honestly, no joke. Hey, girl. My guitar and first aid kit. Music band from Sweden. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're great. Keep them coming, please. Okay, let's get into it with Yasmin. In our chat, we talk about leaving the BBC. Energies, changing who you are, skin issues and looking in and difficult experiences like dealing with the death of George Floyd when broadcasting on a black music station. The girl is a wonder. Welcome to your ears, Yasmin Evans. Congrats on your new gig, by the way. It's quite a shift, I imagine. It's been really good. I'd been at The Beeb for nine and a half years, almost 10 years, and I just felt like I needed a change. I needed a new challenge. I needed, like, new environment. It was, as I think everyone listening can relate to, 
the last few years, sorry to say, that's the phrase of like the century, um, were really overwhelming. And I really kind of felt like yeah. we up to level with me and the listeners throughout the show. And I just needed a little bit of space. And I think it's okay to say that. There's yeah, like okay. nothing against the people that listen to my show, nothing against being a part of One Extra in the BBC. But you know, you're just like in a relationship for maybe a little bit too long and you're like, okay, we're doing this, but where are we going? So yeah, I just needed a new a new challenge. But I actually decided to leave the BBC before I knew that I was getting uh, the new gig on Heart. So it's like a... It felt good okay. that it was like my decision. It wasn't influenced by anyone. And I had been piloting at heart and I yeah. found that I actually do really love radio and, and luckily they loved me. So yeah, it's been good. Yay. Yay. <laughs> well, congrats. Thank you. Also, we're just off the back of a full moon. Yeah. I follow you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I know, like I'm quite woo-woo <laughs> and can be. <laughs> There's a lot of Palo Santo, there's Love a lot it. of sage, there's potions and tinctures galore. Well, Go on, hit me while you got. Oh, hello. Yeah. Um, a little incense yeah. stick there. So you are quite I mean, I feel in terms of gratitude as a as a practice that that's something I don't know whether it's inherent to how you kind of approach life or yeah. whether it's something that you've cultivated I guess over time in in response to life I think it's um little bits of conversations and experiences that I've had with myself and with other people my family I'd say are quite religious Mm -hmm. um I wouldn't say they are practicing their religion you know um but my mum grew up in a very Catholic household. My dad's side of the family, they're from Jamaica. They follow a Catholic religion. I went to a Catholic high school. So okay. I grew up around religion, but I also grew up around people and energies and different types of practices from the same following. And I would say just having these conversations and sort of realising that even if you don't follow a religion and you probably practice more on energy, it can still be applied. Like if you strip away sort of names and institutions, institutions, that's the word. Yeah, Yeah. I think you can still relate to it. So I've been reading this book called You Are a Badass and the cover looks, it's it's yellow, it's very funky. It doesn't look like it's, you know, like a, um, a Bible that you should live by, but it is absolutely amazing. It's by Jen Sincero. I think that's how you pronounce her name. And she basically just strips away everything and in the book just uses uh, energy source or um, the big light. And she just makes it, you know, turns it into layman's terms. And when I read that a few years ago, I was like, okay, I, I I really related to this and I felt mm. like maybe that I had already established that I was way more into connecting energies and using energies from people rather than possibly following, you know, an, the institution, like you said. Uh, yeah, a religion. Yeah, such, but it does feel like you've got that kind of very positive, very I try. effervescent kind of. Okay, do you have to try hard? Um, I think also like Instagram's kind of a highlight reel, isn't it? Of course, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, actually, a month ago, I was probably like on the edge, like, oh my god, why isn't the moon helping me? Um, <laughs> the moon never helps me. It drives me fucking me. I I listened to a thing today. And it said, like, the term lunatic comes Mm. from the moon and the lunar cycles. So it's not a myth that the moon and its cycles makes us absolutely batshit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, like, I think people think when I'm saying these things that she is actually batshit crazy. (laughs) But I always say, you know, moon, the moon affects the tides and we people, we are made up of water you know, you ever step into a room and you're like, just something seems off or like your yeah. energy is okay. We doesn't transfer oh through God. us as much as it does electrical energy. But yes. it, it does in time a little bit. Um, You know, you think of someone like, I was just thinking of you, like when you called me, like it's just, there is connection. 
A hundred percent. And I think once you tap into that and people, you know, the whole idea of coincidences and we're flitting around yeah. a bit, but like coincidences versus synchronicity. And I do think when you yes. start to tap in and start to notice those things, they become more and more obvious that there is connection and it's not just random. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for sure. and I find that really comforting. Yeah, me too, actually. I think... I think once I sort of tapped into that, I definitely could find myself sort of getting to know myself a bit more. I don't know if you felt. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been a long road, Yasmin. Yeah. And it's never ending. (laughs) I know. But that's the beauty. I think that's good. Sometimes I used to think, oh, my God, this is endless. And then I'm like, oh, this is endless. So it becomes less like how long till I get there Mm -hmm. and more. Oh, this is the gig. Absolutely. And that kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. Yeah. And you're always no. going to be in situations that are no one day is the same. I know yeah. I know a lot of people probably think it's Groundhog Day and things like that. But no one day is the same day. You might do the same things and you have the same ritual, but you bump into strangers that you've never met before. You see things that you've never seen before. So, yeah, it is. It is endless. Yeah. Ever changing. Yeah. OK, let's. Go to today, mm-hmm. an ever-changing day. <laughs> what are you thankful for today, Yasmin? Um, right now, today, I'm thankful for time. Having mm. time. Because I think having time is underrated. And hear me out, because I feel like you have enough time, too much time, not enough. Those are pretty much the three options. But yeah. I think there is... Always that like sort of, I don't know if it's stigma or, you know, strict or things that people have told you where in each pocket of those different moments of time, you should be doing this, that and the other. You know, if you've got too much time, why aren't you making most of your time? If you've got little time, try and make more, try and do less and, and have more time. There's always that. Whereas manage it. Always manage, trying to manage it. However, mm-hmm. I feel like if you have too much time and you haven't done anything it's actually okay. Yes. Like it's all right to have too much time and, and do nothing with your time or mm-hmm. um, it's actually okay sometimes to do too much. I don't, I'm not saying to burn out, yeah. but if you're, you know, you're filling your time with things that spark joy, um, then yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I'm very grateful for right now having time to sometimes do stuff and sometimes I'll have a nap. <laughs> Has that been something more recent, that kind of pushback on like productivity or having to produce and do things all the time? Absolutely. And I went for, you know, five days a week doing a radio show and it's only a small amount of time in my day, but it does end up being a lot more than what you hear on air. Of course. And so I was just trying to fit a lot of things in that time and especially towards the the end of last year I just was so relieved to feel like you know in in the new year I'm gonna have so much time so right now yeah it's having that time being able to perfect my craft I don't just do the show on a Sunday I kind of work on making that show amazing on the outside Mm -hmm. yeah I love napping oh I get really frustrated Honestly. and to be honest I I don't do it often enough but I get really frustrated probably with myself more so than anyone but with the general idea that napping is for weaklings or lazy mm-hmm. or old people like we think of them in isolation so nap over here work over here and forget mm. that actually one thing affects and fuels the other. So that idea of like wasted sleepy time actually impacts how you perform in your job. You know, it's not just endless to-do lists. Yeah, absolutely. Like napping really helps me because I overthink a lot. I'm very self-critical over my work and, you know, just life sometimes and I just panic. Mm -hmm. I find napping is meditation. And nap Mm -hmm. can sometimes feel like you've gone into deep REM sleep or you can feel like you're just sort of like closing your eyes and taking it all in. You know, I can kind of clear my mind. Very rarely do I wake up from a nap angry. And when I have done, it's (laughs) stressful. And angry. I can imagine fighting with yourself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's not really possible to do that, (laughs) is it? 
because really it's I mean I know it depends if it's a short one but like they say in terms of vibration or changing your vibration sometimes it's just bloody hard to do it in waking hours yeah. sometimes you're just better off going you know what this is not working for me today mm-hmm. I'm going to have an early night and wake up and it's like a reset isn't yeah. it yeah I think a lot of people yeah. are probably scared to do that because it's it feels like maybe you're maybe you're giving up and it's like, well, I can't fix that, mm. so I'm just going to go for a nap. Like, Or you might feel like a little bit like a child, like you throw your toys out of the basket. But sometimes it's just... Yeah. Can't be done today. It's just a little reset button. Yeah. It's fine. Lie down, babe. Chill out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is the thank fuck for this? My home. I moved into a new home last year. And I, it was the first time I bought a place and I bought it by myself and I renovated it myself. Well done. And this is going to sound stupid, but I would highly recommend you don't live in a house whilst you're doing the renovations to it. Because <laughs> I was living amongst boxes. But, but last oh, yeah. night, actually, as I was sort of like heading to bed, I was just looking around and like just taking it all in. Like, I painted that. Oh, I, I painted that wall. I put that shelf up. Yeah. I mean, shout out to my boyfriend as well. He did help out a little bit. So I know that he, if he listens to this, he'll be like, um, <laughs> But it's your place. But it's my place. Yeah. <laughs> and I did it all by But that myself. is a huge thing. It yeah. is huge. I mean, I don't own my own place. And, and I do think, I mean, it's like different cultures. Like obviously in Germany, everyone rents forever. Yeah. As an Irish person, there's quite an obsession with owning your really? home um that's i think quite like an old old thing it's just such a milestone isn't it yeah i felt incredibly lucky incredibly lucky yeah. i i saved for a really long time and i was sort of very strict in you know just throughout the years i was like i was looking mm-hmm. for about 3 years and two fell through and i was like okay that means that there's just one around the corner and before the pandemic i was convinced that i was going to move out to LA and that's why that was the reason why I didn't find a house and then I think okay. I started to reassess things and obviously not being able to go anywhere I was like okay I just let me just find find the right one and I think I found yeah. the right one for now I, I love it yeah. it's my little hub so yeah thank fuck for this place <laughs> thank fuck also you mentioned two fell through and you knew that one was just around the corner that sounds yeah. like manifestation chat there exactly I don't, I never really kind of get too hung up on anything. I don't know if that's like a fault sometimes, you know, not really kind of getting your hopes up, but I just Mm -hmm. enjoy it for what it is. And if it falls through, then it just wasn't meant for me. I don't know where I've got that from. My mum's quite a positive person, but um, Mm -hmm. I think maybe that's just something that I've learned and realize because I've been quite lucky I guess or you know I've had moments of like fate where it's happened I'm like oh why was I stressing about that thing before but I do think that kind of sense of oh if it's not for me right now there's a surrender to that you're you know like energetically not attached to the outcome therefore things flow yeah yeah I think one thing that I've learned is actually having to probably rethink the my my words of affirmation and the way that I mm-hmm. say stuff. I have a friend called Dalila and she's just absolutely amazing. And she was saying to me, why do we use these words like, oh, that's sick, that's wicked. She's like, that's actually, they're actually very negative words. Yes, okay. Vibrationally, they still hold like quite a lot of negativity. Interestingly, somebody I remember years ago, him saying to me, hustle, we need to stop using the word hustle. Hustle Mm. is like quite a negative word. It's been commoditized and turned into this kind of like sexy, you know, overwork really and side hustle and everything else. But that the actual origins of the word hustle are, are pretty bleak yeah you're right (laughs) our words hold power and the language that we use holds power and and I think sometimes we can be quite casual about that absolutely yeah definitely the impact 100% yeah I've still got what's your favorite word my favorite word pedantic oh (laughs) that's huge (laughs) 
<laughs> I like that. It's better than anal. Um, <laughs> Is that yours? <laughs> no, but I mean, I think. Oh, you mean I anal in another sense? As, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I was describing someone as pedantic, I could also describe them as anal, but yes, pedantic. Yes, feels, feels See, but that's better. another word that we were talking about. Anal. Yeah. Is that too different? I'm not saying either one is negative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. Slowly. <laughs> Quickly. The, the thank you next. Yes. Thank you next. Do you know what? Thank you next is actually really hard to not, get into like the petty zone <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah fair. um but I really don't regret many things and so I'm happy that I have gone through stuff I've not always been like this by the way I've just just probably in like the last two to three years but there's definitely a time where I was just so angry at anyone who just did wrong by me or disrespected me and I didn't ever really feel like I had done anything wrong and mm. because they had done something so bad to me, even if I did something a little tiny bit disrespectful, it doesn't matter because that they were in the wrong first and I'm an angel still compared to them. That yeah. I was definitely in like a zone of not realising the pain that I was causing myself. You know, I, I was basically drinking poison and thinking the other person was going to die. Yeah. And since I kind of realised that was quite... Like, it was very destructive for me. It was destructive for my relationship with my family and friends. I just thought, just these are lessons. And the lessons that someone's taught you, you've taught yourself. So I think thank you next would actually be the old me. Mm -hmm. And, like, the negative me. Because I just feel that person I don't relate to anymore. But thank you for the experience. And actually, thank you for the light switch because I realised I was probably in a very destructive spiral. It definitely could have continued because I actually didn't see there was anything wrong. Even when I saw that I was, relationships were falling apart or I was probably being a little bit more short-tempered, probably a, a lot a bit more short-tempered. I, did, I just thought, well, yeah, obviously I am because but, and he's done this and she's done that and duh, like why would Blaming. it not be? so much blame well mm. that's gonna do absolutely nothing we want to teach these people a lesson so much that we end up just becoming a person that we're not doing things that we're not i just the obsession with teaching someone a lesson or and we don't Vengeance see it as, kind oh, of, yeah. oh it 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 was constant for me it was a mm. constant thing even if it wasn't me doing the same as what I, what they did to me it was the long text messages, the silent treatment, the not replying back, the, you know, like, it, this is anyone and everyone. You can apply it to any relationship, friendship or significant other. Mm-hmm. It became an obsession, an yeah. obsession. Uh, so thank you next to the thank old Yasmin. Next. Was there a kind of catalyst for that? What work did you do, if any, to kind of shift that? Because it's not an easy... no shit no it's not um this is gonna feel like it doesn't um go hand in hand but i really suffered from a lot of skin conditions i had eczema and and really aggressive acne i've had eczema all my life um and i i decided to focus on me like physically me um i got a blood test done you know i was having a lot of problems with my gut i knew that Mm -hmm. you know when i ate pizza or cheese or anything like that and i i knew it was going to affect me but it's all right i can deal with it just just a little pimple or a scratch here and there it's fine because i dealt with it for such a long time i just thought you know i'm the person with x or i'm the person with spots you know Mm -hmm. that's what what it is and until i started to i did a lot of research i did a night course on nutrition and health and I just figured out what was going on inside. Yeah. It took my focus away on everything else. And also I focused way more on myself from within. Yeah. And then outwards started to just feel better. My skin looked better. Um, I just had different challenges, different challenges that were a distraction, but it was a healthy distraction. And then I started to you know, meditate a little bit more. I was just trying to find any which way to sort of calm down 
you know, the reactions that were happening on my skin. And, and yeah. it probably wasn't just about my gut either. It's definitely mindset, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get stress rashes here on my chest or like, you know, if I get embarrassed, I go like bright red here. Yeah. I just get like a big red um, sort of like pigmentation. Flush. And yeah, a flush. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that was probably it. So I've never really thought about it, but now you yeah. ask me that question, yeah. And I do think it's that kind of, like, it is that move towards going, you know what, I deserve yeah. to spend a little bit of time. And I think when you go, okay, I'm never going to change that person's behaviour, that mm-hmm. person's behaviour, that person's behaviour. And perhaps if I have all of these enemies, and this is certainly me, I create these kind of enemies. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and then you think at one point you're like, I'm the common den- denominator here. Yeah. I maybe need to look at my own behaviour, my own beliefs, my own mindset, instead of thinking that this line up of people for mm-hmm. loads of different reasons are the problem. Yeah. And that's a really difficult conversation to have with yourself or to admit out loud to somebody else. Um, but as soon as you change it, like you say, when you work on the inside, it ref- it's reflected back to you in those, you know, um, interactions with people and yeah. relationships with people. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. It's hard to do it. It's hard to do any work mm. on yourself. It's really difficult. Um, yeah. Mentally, physically, spiritually. It's hard because you just want it to happen like that instantly. Yeah. And it's also hard to hold your hands up and say sorry well for me it has been in the past I yeah realize that there's just you know I just have to hold my hands up I'm wrong I'm in the wrong sorrow seems to be <laughs> <laughs> so it's the hardest word it's bloody impossible sometimes <laughs> isn't it it's difficult and I think it's difficult if you have so many bruises from someone who has taken your kindness for weakness or taken you for for granted and for someone who has never said sorry to you and you do this work and once you've done this work and maybe you realize a few home truths you're like I deserve a sorry from that person but really is that what you want you can't force someone to to apologize to you if they're not going to say sorry they won't do it and even if you do prod them to say sorry you don't get the relief you don't get the that's it's not the same and that's it. So when mm. I realised I should stop looking for apologies from people who aren't going to give me what I want, yeah. how am I going to get what I want? Well, who's in charge of me other than me? So how will I? How am I going to do the work to do that? Yeah. Yeah. And it is really hard. But actually, mm. when you accept that that thing you think you need is yeah. never going to come, you can kind of let go and somehow... I don't know. It may it makes things better instead of holding on obsessively to waiting for that apology, waiting for that resolution or closure that you think another person owes you. Yeah. When they haven't maybe thought about it or they feel deeply wronged by you. Yeah. You definitely. Know? Yeah. So yeah. Sorry. Like forgiveness maybe is like mm-hmm. a, an inside job rather than yeah. waiting for somebody else to do it. Yeah. Someone told me actually recently that you can experience uh, situations or relationships, partners or friendship with different people and they can show you similarities from someone else and through interaction with them, you forgive that other person. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could be right. Yeah, that you learn a lesson or you Mm. gain a different perspective and you're like, oh, okay. I see that now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it, as you say, it's control. And yeah. and you have control of how you feel. And yeah, the whole poison thing, isn't that? I mean, I always thought that was a Buddha um, quote, but apparently it's not. Drinking poison and expecting someone mm-hmm. else to die. Whoever the feck said it, it's, it's a great one. And it is like, oh my yeah. God, I'm seething with anger. They yes. don't feel it. You're just killing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Live and let die. Exactly. <laughs> Any more that we should quote. <laughs> I love a little song. I hope we don't have to pay for this. I think there's not so much, so much of a likeness. We should be okay. Yeah. Is there a thanks that got away? My biggest fear is 
actually thinking about a thanks that got away. My conscience sometimes rules my life. My mum always told me, like, ingrained, I feel like she's really, like, one time put me in the mirror and was like, please and thank you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, someone actually told me once that I say thank you too much. And I was oh, like, fuck off. You're, you're a sad person. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, there possibly has been, and I think, you know, when you get wrapped up in something, especially work, when you're really busy and you're really enjoying it, it's like having like a, a rap party at, at the end of a show. And that's mm. when everyone says like, thank you for everything. And it's been amazing to work with you. And, and you know, everyone gets super emotional and things like that because it's so fast paced throughout the entire, you know, programming. Yeah. And I'm kind of say, saying this to apply it to life. Like when life is so fast paced and everything's great and you're just getting stuff done and you know, um, you're feeling good about it and it's a bit of a roller coaster. I think the distraction is from, you know, the thanks and, mm. you know, the, the, the destination is just the end. Yes, um, yeah. But not everyone is at the rap party. You know, some people work for one day. You see people, you know, throughout a week or, you know, for a few hours. And mm -hmm. so those people don't get the thanks because they're not there when everyone's celebrating the end of that show. Mm -hmm. So I think I have possibly had some thanks that I've got away. It's not any that I can really think of per se. I just really, really make sure that I say thank you. Cause too much, Yasmin, too I much. I say it too much, otherwise it's my mum will just... ground me. I think also I'm in a new relationship and I've realised that saying thank you for things and thanking someone for their time and I... Kind of, I'd more say I appreciate you because I think thank you sometimes means that someone's done something for the thanks. Yeah, yeah okay, so it's transactional a mm. little, yeah. Whereas, like, um, I've realised from being, you know, with my partner and it's quite new, like, just I, I appreciate you. Mm. Um, I'm grateful for these people. Um, yeah. I think probably I'm saying it a lot more times ten. Yeah, yeah. I'm a just very affectionate person. I, like to say I, I thank feel you. like you've got it covered. Yeah. That's good. That's good. <laughs> what is the big thank you, Yasmin? The big thank you would mm. be to the people who listened to my radio show over the last two years. Yeah. Like that is the the biggest thank you ever because I've definitely felt like there was a point where I just thought, I'm going to stop doing this. This is not bringing me joy. And mm. I, I just wanted to curl up in a ball and I just wanted to nap the whole day. And I was okay with that. But, you know, having to get up and go to the studio and just having those listeners there because everything got stripped back. It was just me in the studio, no producer, nothing like that. There was no interaction inside the studio and it was quite difficult. And we created this Good Vibes radio yeah. show and we had a theme tune and it was a song by Wookie. It's called Battle. And this is just a, a UK garage tune mm -hmm. that I hadn't even taken in the lyrics before. And the lyrics is written by um, a vocal artist called Lane the lyrics were so good and so poignant to that moment that we just created this bubble. I lived alone at the time. I was literally going from home, going to the studio. So I did feel quite lonely, not being yeah. able to see friends and family um, and just having the listeners there. And you were going through the same thing. I say you go through the same thing, but just in different boats because mm -hmm. not everyone's situation is the same. I think we know that a little bit more these days. Yeah. Um, so... I was just so grateful. And for the regular listeners that I knew, I, I started to know what their numbers were, where they were from, their life, what was going on. Yeah. Um, so that is the biggest thank you to them for sticking with me through the shit days, but also the great days as well. And just having those little moments of like, you know what, I got up today, put some clothes on and I washed my hair. And that is a big achievement. <laughs> but also I kind of loved that about mm -hmm. lockdown, that there was an acknowledgement that yeah. that was a big achievement yep. on many days. And that actually 
uh, what I found was how, like we so often say, how, how are you? Yeah, 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 fine, fine, default. Yeah, cool. And suddenly it was like, how are you? I'm not, like I'm not great mm. actually. And there was really open, honest conversations, which obviously you shared with your listeners. And there's a kind of intimacy to that when people reveal themselves like that and trust you enough. And also, I think radio, TV, do, to a degree, you know, the Monday to Friday, the regular shows. Yeah. But everyone was so at sea that mm. suddenly that familiar voice, knowing that you're in there the same time every day, you're going to, you know, kind of guide us. It was like quite a um, powerful place to yeah. be when a lot of people were sitting at home lost. The radio became an anchor or something that at least we knew, oh, everyone's at home listening to this together. Yeah. It's a kind of collective feeling to that. Yeah. Did it feel pressured? Um, there were moments that it felt very pressured, especially I think I think this is pressure and emotion just around sort of the, the murder of George Floyd, especially yeah. being on a station, you know, that is was created to support the black community, mm-hmm. music artists and whatever is going on on the world. And there are little moments like that to sort of but also it was the pressure turns into vulnerability. And I think me being vulnerable on air and having the space to talk about how I feel today Mm. is great because I think as a radio presenter, you you know, goes without saying, you leave your stuff at the door. You're there to uplift and, you know, little things that people can relate to are are wonderful, really good. However, you know, if you're having a bad day, you won't say that, like, Mm -hmm. because people are listening and it's, you know, it's happy and smiles and stuff, but realizing that some days I wasn't feeling great still turned into an uplifting day because then my listeners would go oh come on no it's all right you got this yes like chin up everything's going to be great like even if probably they weren't having a good day and I think at the end of the show I'd thank them and just be like you know I walked into the studio today and I just wasn't feeling myself I was very very honest and I think the pressure probably came from myself and was reduced by the listeners. The mm-hmm. pressure was never from the listeners at all. Yeah. Sol in my head. Uh, yeah, but lovely for them as well, <clears> because <throat> I imagine they wake up on a bad day, good vibes. Yaz is always like, you know, cheerful and vibrant. Yeah. And and then suddenly to realise, because that's lovely, but also yeah. if if you are not that way inclined, which, you know, most people aren't, um, to know then that you also have bad days and you come through them and that they're part of the, you know, tapestry of life rather yeah. than just you're either one way or the other. And, yeah. you know, that you need them in a way too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just yeah. felt like they ended up being my mates. Your pals. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds very cliche, but it is the truth. No, it's good. It's mm. good. And you mentioned around George Floyd's death and yeah. your you know, your speech for for want of a better term that kind of, you know, I think resonated so deeply with so many people. Was that something that felt like you had to say it? Where did the kind of, I guess, the bravery to speak so, yeah, openly about, about something so difficult? I think actually having the support um at work and with colleagues who mm. were on air also and and off air yeah. um it never felt like i should and that should be my responsibility but we sort of came together as a station and said well firstly how is everyone it was the first question mm. and you know a lot of people including myself, just didn't know how to feel or how to process that trauma. Mm. Um, And, you know, firstly, we're not used to seeing things like that just in in general. But for someone that we saw to look like us or someone that we know, be it a family member or friend, was was incredibly traumatic. I think it was traumatic for a lot of people. So we just sort of came together and, and just said, you know, this is what we do. We we are here to celebrate, you know, the black community. But also I think 
maybe some of us did feel some sort of I wouldn't say it was a responsibility Mm -hmm. because it shouldn't be a black person's responsibility to teach others about the black experience yeah however we need to show the reality of our experiences sometimes you know we're, we're, we celebrate wins um and at that moment i think we needed to uplift the community that we are a part of and that was probably in the same way that i'm saying throughout the pandemic my listeners and we were all trying to uplift each other i think knowing what we felt and knowing that possibly the people who were listening to our radio station the artists who we play felt like we did um it was just a moment of i'm not okay today and i need you to know why and i need you to know how this has made me feel um and so we did sort of an uplifting black playlist and it just was amazing it was emotional and we sort of created a space where we said it's okay to feel this way let's all feel this way together let's all cry and mm. but also to just to say to our to people who are allies as well um this is how we feel mm. you know and we're scared we're upset we're angry yeah it it's really hard to sort of pinpoint exactly how I felt just it was just uh, it was it was a tough one it was a tough one and it's interesting because I do think you know so many people that kind of you know and you hit on some and only the surface I imagine of the wild you know variation of emotions Mm. that are kind of running around at a time like that that you know everyone felt some a, a lot more acutely than others but I think sometimes, and we talked about language and and Mm. words, and to be in a position where you can articulate what so many people are struggling to understand so they can Mm. feel it, but they can't put words to it. And there's a relief, I think, to having somebody speak those words back to you you're like oh okay I've named it now I kind of understand it's less Mm. overwhelming and overpowering and isolating and to have you know you somebody that people trust and listen to every day and feel like they know and do know you know to to mirror I guess what what they're feeling yeah on whatever level back is is yeah is is quite profound actually Mm. I think Clara on her radio show, she said something just so poignant from um, one of her favourite thinkers. And it was like, you can't mm. have the rhythm and not the blues. You know, that's yeah. just the part of our of of our life. Yeah. 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 And that was very powerful and the kind mm. of thing that stuck with people. And you're yeah. absolutely right. It's not your responsibility as a black woman to educate everyone about that experience but it felt like a kind of watershed where everybody was watching and this was an opportunity you know to yeah to express those those blues and to Mm. you know kind of unite people in that in that pretty horrific experience you know Mm. so thank you and well done (laughs) because I can't imagine The present, Yasmin. Yes. That you're most grateful for. Oh, this is going to be so corny, but I'm going to say it anyway. Go on, um, hit me. So, this is not a euphemism for anything, but my partner <laughs> bought me a love cup. Oh. I'll, I'll explain it. So, um, <laughs> I was adamant on, like, my first date with my partner, and I said, you know, if I'm going to be someone's girlfriend they they have to ask me because I'm sick of the gray area and I'd never been asked well I when I when I was 16 I did but I'd never so been this is asked. On, on your first date yeah I thought that was all right nice punchy no messing yeah. around like I'm I into just it. I also I was really happy single I was 30 I just thought this is great I was so excited to be 30 and just kind of concentrate on my career and I was like I'll just be single for a few more years and I was all right I was probably a little you know 
hyper independent, but mm-hmm. we we learn, we learn. Yeah, we're to getting let there. Someone in, yeah. Um, so I went on a date, and yeah, I just kind of laid it all out. I said, "Look, I'm not looking to just date. I want to be asked, um, and I want someone to ask me, you know, and I want them to feel comfortable, and I just want it to be a nice moment." Uh, so that was a few months before my boyfriend did ask me and he bought me uh, like a, a crystal singing bowl and that's it was called the love cup and Ooh. he just had no <laughs> he had no idea about my uh you know my witchetty woo what did you what did you call it your woo woo my yeah. woo woo well that sounds even more rude i mean now. it does sound like a euphemism <laughs> as well to be fair he knew um, he didn't know about your woo woo you didn't, didn't know about his love cup <laughs> He couldn't get to grips. He knew. He was very open. And, you know, I was talking to him about saging my house and my crystals. And of course. he was like, what the heck are all these stones? Um, and Sexy like, witch. Crystal. Um, yeah. And so he took time out to go to someone's house who she sold love cups. And he sat amongst these crystal singing bowls Um which for anyone who doesn't know, they all play different types of frequencies and they hit different chakras in your body. I highly recommend people get one for the throat because it's really good for the retrograde. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, good um, to know. It's really good for communication. Yeah, expression. Yes. So he kind of sat amongst these. This is, I just picturing him doing it. It's hilarious. He had to take his shoes off and everything and sit cross-legged on the floor, surrounded by these crystal singing bowls. And he chose one for me to then ask me to be his girlfriend and it's it's in my living room on a shelf so that's yeah the cutest quite cute cute, isn't it that's really sweet actually (laughs) especially when it's not his thing and to go out of your comfort zone into someone's house with their love cups spread all around the living room (laughs) (laughs) and so oh i love that and do you play it just for yourself yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, okay. It's really nice. Yeah. I have two um, yeah. singing bowls. I have a crystal one and then the I have metal one that Tibetan just... one. Yes, yeah. 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 They're quite, like, they're, there's an act to them, isn't there? Mm, yeah, definitely. I, but I think, so it's kind of like what people say is the same with crystals. You have to just take time to kind of get to, get to, know. to know it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I say it out loud, I know it sounds a bit woo-woo, but I'm into it. But yeah, there is a knack. So you have to sort of like sh- um, strike it very gently and yeah. keep it very close. It's almost like an exercise for your wrist. So sometimes I feel mm-hmm. like my wrist is quite aching. Yeah. Um, but when you get it, oh my God. I know, when sound. you get a flow. <gasps> yeah. And also it's... because, do you, you are you holding the bowl when you're doing it? So the the love cup, you have to hold it because it has a, um, a handle to oh, it. Oh, a little, ah, uh, yeah, 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 I know them. Yeah, yeah. so it's like the, the vibration through your body. However, yeah. the Tibetan one, I just keep on the, the, the pillow. The little ring thingy, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I need a love cup, I think. Yeah, you do. I could play it for you if you want. <laughs> Go on! Should I play it? Let me get it for you, one sec. Okay. Oh, he doesn't want to go. You know, sometimes they don't go, do they? I mean, they're not, they will not perform on demand. Oh. Now you're talking. You hear that? No, oh, that's gorgeous. <laughs> that is gorgeous, isn't it? And also you think, oh my God, come on, what is this going to do? But as you said, we're made of water and suddenly the vibrations. Throughout, you can see like, it. And you do nothing. You just lie down and close your eyes. Or like, you know, sit up and play your bowl. (laughs) So we are on our final question, Mm -hmm. which is, and I say this with a a hefty wink (laughs) that you can't see because our cameras are banjaxed because of... Um, energy beyond our control. <laughs> but what is your hashtag blessed moment? This is going to sound strange, but I feel like my hashtag blessed moment is something that might be coming. Oh, and, and like, and I have no idea what it is. I just feel very good about the energy that I 
and my life and what's to come because I think I've had a few hashtag blessed moments. I mean, if I was to speak about right now, just just being in this position and doing my job and being who I am and having these amazing opportunities, um, having amazing conversations like this one is is very hashtag blessed. Mm. Um, I think that I'm gearing up for a next chapter Mm -hmm. and it could possibly be quite a big one. I've just finished writing a proposal for a book. So I feel very excited about it. And I feel like I'm obviously still love my radio show and I am a radio presenter, but I'm now kind of stripping back from just having that one title. Mm -hmm. And that feels really exciting. And so I think I'm going to hold on to my hashtag blessed. I think it's on the way. Oh, she's on the way. She's around the corner. (laughs) Also, I do think, you know, when you're talking about a time Mm. and space, I am a big believer, and this is a relatively new thing, and actually I really need to practice a little bit more. Um, But the idea of like receiving things and making space in your life. And obviously people talk about that in the law of attraction, yada, yada, yada. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, move over in the bed. Don't sleep diagonal in the bed if you want a man next to you or whatever, because (laughs) there's literally no space for them. But actually... That idea of trusting enough in what's to come to actually create space rather than doing, 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 filling, filling every moment in case nothing comes along. And it's a very big old sign to the universe that you don't trust that bigger things are on the way. And so I do think it's about allowing that space to open up so that big things can come in. So I feel like that's very um, on the mark with you that you've gone from, yeah, from every day to like a little more spaciousness so Mm -hmm. that all of this good shit can flow. Yeah, I feel the good shit coming in. Yeah. (laughs) Good. Okay, well, listen, I cannot wait um, to see and best luck with the book proposal as well. Thank you. Um, Thanks a million, Yasmin. That was a joy. And um, mind that love cup of yours, won't you? I know, it's right next to me now. Yeah. Sit on it. (laughs) (laughs) What you can see is that the handle is quite phallic, guys. Yes, it is. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) Oh, God. Thank you so, so much to Yasmin. You can catch her on her new radio home of heart every Sunday, 12 to 4. And I cannot wait to see what's in store for Yasmin. It's a big, big year. I can feel it in me waters. We will be releasing new episodes every single week. So do hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a nice, spicy little review and tell everyone you know. Just a quick note, I have written a book. My first book, I know I say that it's punchy and optimistic. It is called Joyrider and it's about gratitude. So I figure if you're here, it's right up your street. I have poured my little guts into it. I swear to God, you're going to be shocked. (laughs) Devastated in places. You might wee yourself in other places. I hope you do. It's been a ride, hence the name, Joyrider. Anyway, I would absolutely love, love, love you know, if you're into it, that you would pre-order it. It comes out in May, so not that far away, really, in the grand scheme of things, with the pace of life these days. And there's a link in the show notes below. Thanks a Million is produced by Louise Mason at Rethink Audio. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Listener.